Is there a difference between VFX created for films and VFX created for games? Well, yes and no. They do have some characteristics in common, but in one, you're dealing with time-shifting in a static environment. In the other, you're dealing with real-time in a dynamic environment. With real-time in a dynamic This episode, number 2201, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be telling you all about it when they answer the commonly asked question, how are VFX for video games created? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Welcome back to the CG Insider Podcast, or maybe this is your first time. Thank you so much for joining us. In today's episode, we're going to be answering another question from a viewer, Alexander D. from Salt Lake City, Utah, that he submitted on our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com. Alexander asks, how is VFX for games created? That's a great question. By the end of our discussion today, you'll not only have learned about some of the history and background of creating VFX for games, uh, as well as talk, we'll talk about some of the processes that go into creating different types of VFX. You also get our personal take on some of our and some of our pres- professional insights into what software to use for creating game VFX. And be sure to stay to the end of the podcast where we'll be showing some examples of some of the cutting edge tools available today to make the job of creating stunning game effects easier, as well as reading a few comments from the mailbag. And who knows, we might be reading your comment and mentioning you by name today. Exciting stuff. I'm Bill Johnston, one of your hosts for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And I'm Sean Johnston. And together we are, of course, the CG Bros. So this is a great question. Let's go ahead and start the discussion. Uh, Sean? Well, um, let, let, me, let me discuss first uh, some of the history that uh, you may not know. Uh, the history of the video games actually began right around the 1950s, 1960s. Um, I, didn't, I didn't realize it myself that it was actually that early. Um, it began uh, by just simply simply uh, designing games uh, from uh, for simulations actually on a mainframe computer. Uh, one of the first ones I didn't realize was called Space War. I, I took a look at it. I didn't actually reference it today for us to look at, unfortunately, but it it was it was pretty cool. Um, and uh, 1958. Uh, what I what I do have actually is Tennis for Two. So American physicist William. Um, Higginbotham designed a game in 1958 um, at the uh, Brookhaven National Laboratories uh, annual public exhibition after learning that the uh, the government research institution's Donner model um, 30 analog computer could simulate trajectories with wind resistance. And if you look at it, it's really, really cool. So he designed the game in a few hours and after he and uh, Robert uh, Dvorak uh, built it over a period of actually three weeks, the game was uh, displayed on an oscilloscope. And let me show you a little picture or video of that. That sounds so, almost like uh, the game Battleship. What? The oscilloscope or the, the game itself? The game. The game itself. Well, you should take a look at it. This is pretty cool. Uh, let me, let me like show you this. Would you like to play you know, Global Thermonuclear War? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to play a game. So check this out. I mean, this is actually pretty advanced. You look at it and the trajectories going through uh, look really neat. And... It actually was played with two custom aluminum controllers, and you and you can switch it and and roll roll your little paddle uh, almost well before Pong, right? Because we we actually remembered Pong from from early on when we first got that at home, but very very similar. I thought it was pretty neat for that time frame, 1958. I'd actually like to play that. It's actually pretty neat. What do you think? That looks pretty simple, but you know, <laughs> nonetheless, we we played Pong when it first came out, and we we had fun doing that. I, you know, and that's kind of what, it's going over a center net. It looks like there. Yeah, so there's a little interesting trivia and in history of video games. So I thought I'd throw that in there before we get started. 
Um, so, uh, Bill, you're, that's, this is your wheelhouse, VFX. Uh, you want to elaborate a little bit? You know, the ultimate goal of creating VFX in games, at least for me, is to, and I think should be for every VFX artist, is to just keep, keep the player interested and keep them engaged in the game, kind of, kind of bring them in, into the storyline as well and kind of help them to understand maybe the, the story of the game or the characters of the game um, better and uh, make, that, make the action you know, flow as smoothly as possible, um, as well as just simply you know, engaging the player visually. Um, it, it's a process of using digital art software uh, combined with traditional art, and we've talked about you know some of these things in the past. Uh, but it's basically you know when you're doing VFX for games, you're creating any kind of phenomenon that is not characters or objects. Not to say that the characters couldn't have their own effects that you know come off of them, or objects that could have effects that come off of them, but it's generally not uh, the characters or objects themselves. Yes, and I, I agree. Uh, the the VFX are there are real major player key to the creation of games. Uh, gives it a much more professional look, right? Providing much more attractive and enjoyable gaming experience for everyone. Enhances the the immersion that one has in the video game story. So yes, I agree that those are those are super super. This is one of the most important aspects of, of video games, and I think it's come in a long way since when we first started looking at, um, gosh, the early on uh, pixel based games that uh, had um, sprites that were animated over frames that looked very, very, I mean, you could, there's a lot of imagination that went into that at the very beginning, because you're even looking at it, playing these little pixelated sprites at the very beginning, explosions and things like that. Uh, My earliest recollection of video games that actually um, kind of intrigued me was, uh, I think I mentioned this before, was uh, Origins, Origin Systems uh, Wing Commander series. That got me really into gaming uh, on my PC when I was going to San Diego State University and uh, kind of got me hooked on those games. And, you know, you fill in a lot of the imagination when you're looking at the VFX uh, and, and obviously along with the sound and everything else, the music and everything that's playing. But uh, it, it, uh, it's really come a long way, hasn't it? Yes, and and uh, VFX artists and games are responsible for things like uh, bullets and spark. You probably know this: sparks, splashes, blood spurts, uh, laser beam beams, clouds, and magic. Um, yeah, those those, and those, stuff like those that. laser beams are pretty cool. Well, they're they're like. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, I was trying to say laser beams and light beams. You know, <laughs> That's awesome. Kind of a twixter up there, yeah. But uh, basically, you know. We, the effects that we create as, as game effects artists are created for the real-time environment, which means they have to be created in a much more efficient way. A much you know, because uh, you know pre-rendered cinematics and, and movies and stuff they're all they're all kind of done ahead of time. Uh, so uh, you know you find those in films and, and uh, from Hollywood, but the game game engines don't run it. They they have a very limited uh, ability to to draw everything in the scene and, and do that in real time, including. Uh, animation and, and VFX and lighting and and all the things that go into uh, a video game. Those all have to be, you know, the physics, they, they all right. have to be calculated in real time. So there's a real finite box and you have to work within that box, uh, generally speaking. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of leeway, but I think the at least the part that I like best about being a, a VFX artist to myself mm-hmm. is, is, is that challenge of, of creating something that, you know, hasn't been seen before that fits inside that box in a, in a creative way. So you, you start out as a 3D generalist, right? I mean, that's kind of what the way I started out. Yeah, I think everybody starts out as a modeler, uh, 
just to kind of get their feet wet and then uh, move quickly. Well, I, I was always enthralled with the animation point, uh, animation process. And so modeling kind of came first because I had to have something to animate. Right. And so how did you, how did you personally get into via, exclusively VFX? What, what made you decide to just do that? I, I just liked the, the act of, uh, well, for one thing, I'm a kind of a violent person. So I like to see <laughs> things destroyed and, and, and smashed and, uh, no, I'm a very, very docile person, but you know, to get some of my aggressions out, and uh, I, I like to destroy things on the computer. It's very satisfying, uh, especially when you don't actually end up with any real destruction, uh, and it looks really cool. And so I, I think I just channeled some of my my uh, my energies into into uh, playing God, if you will. I I was able to create skies and mountains and rivers and and you know volcanoes and blowing up planets, and it's just it's just a very it's like it's like being God, in a way. <laughs> you have this God complex? You I do have like? this God complex. What do you mean? Power, power, tell power. Me, tell, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you right up front, God. though. There's several things that you that you probably want to learn if you're wanting to do VFX or, in games. And one of them is just is just mastering VFX and animation. Uh, is uh, you know Perseverance is, is really what you need, I think, is ob- powers of observation and perseverance, because it's not an easy thing. You know, it's very challenging, challenging way to make a living. Well, it's complicated. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, plugins and, uh, I will mention some of those in, a, in, in, uh, in a few minutes, but uh, you know, to, con- to consider this, it's an animation and visual effects industry is considered one of the most attractive options in terms of both training and job opportunities in the future. And so that industry's booming, uh, back in 2017, it was already generating 20% of all the employment in the audiovisual sector. So it's, it, there's a great opportunity for anybody wanting to learn how to do VFX. Um, and uh, I think uh, it's exciting. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, I, I, would you say you get a lot of um, uh, rewards from, from doing, doing VFX versus anything else? I like it because it, there's always new challenges uh, to be had. There's always something new that needs to be simulated. There are, there's always scenarios, new, new effects that people are, are thinking up. Uh, new worlds, new powers, new weapons. Uh, it's 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 a lot of a lot of fun, um, you know. Th- and there's a lot of a lot of uh, you know the tool sets that we use and the software we use are, are comp- can, can continuously being you know being improved and updated uh, on a regular basis. And so you know, as effects artists, we have to kind of keep up on these developments and, and as well be be pretty well versed in the, at least the key programs. The the beautiful thing about um, VFX also, if you if you're learning that, is is the fact that you could go into doing VFX for movies, uh, video games, um, augmented reality, especially in a lot of virtual reality stuff, is still demanding VFX to go along with that. Uh, especially, I I, have, I haven't experimented too much with the um, VR, uh, just a little bit, but. You know, if you're if the more you're immersed in that, uh, the more VFX that you see, you're seeing actually maybe a little bit closer than you normally would in, let's say, obviously a, a mobile device. Uh, you're not seeing as much uh, close up, so it has to be it has to hold up now. Uh, the 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 demand from the consumer is the it has to look professional. Almost, I think people are getting to the point now where if they don't see VFX looking like their movies. That they watch it, it it's kind of a, a letdown in a lot of ways don't you think i think so yeah well it really depends on the style you know let me go ahead and show you some uh something i've got here this kind of shows some some uh vfx styles you know this is more fantasy based uh there's there's fan you know fantastical mystical uh, magical type of effects like we're seeing here uh and those those are all really based on what the director the the 
vision is for the game, what type of game you're making, you know, the kind of visual language that you're trying to communicate uh, throughout the game, uh, you know, the color, you know, color palettes and, and uh, things like that, that, that really uh, tell the story of the game or at least help support this, the story of the game. Um, these are all more stylized and, and magical based, uh, mm -hmm. which are, and these are all very, very nice. Then we kind of transition into maybe more realistic based effects. These are still fantasy type effects, but they're more realistic, you know, in, in the sense that, you know, they're physically correct or they have physics, uh, physical attributes. Here's uh, one of the, uh, here's a scene from, from one of the, the Unreal Engine where the light actually uh, is able to affect, and we'll talk about some of the software that you can use uh, you know, a little in a little bit, but but uh, they've got a really powerful VFX uh, package that built right into Unreal, and it's a uh, it's a it's a physics based thing, and and allows things like what you're seeing here, is where the light beam actually pushes the insects out of the out of the way. It's a pretty pretty phenomenal for video game technology. And you're saying that this that what you're showing right now is an, is is Unreal exclusively in this particular video. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, not that... the not the not the prior effects, but the the these more realistic based effects. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, and and a lot of times that you can use on and just we'll go into a little bit more, but Unreal as well as some of the other engines, you can you can do realistic as well as stylized, like you mentioned. Um, I have actually some examples of some uh, some of the things that you could see that are a little bit more stylized. Well, it, just before I even show that, the the actual. Um, types of VFX that you may see uh, in video games that uh, you'll need to understand, um, you know, lighting and things like that, and, and as well as shape language. And, um, but there's fire, smoke, um, you know, glows, snow, uh, electricity arcs, um, like you said earlier, uh, energy beams, um, you know, auras and shield effects, uh, effects uh, magic and spells, uh, sparks, of course, you saw. Uh, and then the other things you may not see too much it just you're not understanding that 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 actually well it's kind of the thing that you you um you don't see but you feel a lot of times is like the the environment itself like leaves falling by or, or just kind of wisping by or little little um eddies of of wind with a little bit of dust you see um those are really really cool to to actually give the the feeling of immersion as well where you're not necessarily thinking about it but it fe you get this feeling right Yes, and I, it brings the environment. Well, that's what I was going to say. That it brings, you know, there's there's basically two types of VFX that VFX artists, uh, gaming artists create, and that's uh, environmental effects and the other is character-based effects. And, and you named off several of them you know, right there. Um, you know, there. As a matter of fact, uh, effects is also things like flying banners and flags. And we discussed some of this stuff in in a previous podcast. I think it was last week. Uh, what is cloth simulation used for? Uh, which uh, we discussed some of that. Uh, but it can span from like, uh, fantasy and science fiction to ultra-realistic, like Call of Duty, or, or based in the real world anyway, I mean, as much as we can. Uh, but regardless of the style, um, we just, effects generally is, is, is there to add a sense of naturalness, like you said, we're saying, having the leaves fall mm -hmm. to the game, to kind of reproduce the reality of, of the game and, and you know, uh, the environment that, they're, that the characters are, are, are populating as best as we can. And yeah. it kind of make the player feel emotion. Of, yes, you know, of that game reality. Yeah, yeah. Some of the things that some of the other things you may not realize uh, the VFX artists will do. Well, they'll do. Uh, they'll actually do some maybe some post processing, uh, depending on what engine you're running. Screen filters. You know, you have night vision through your your goggles or your your sight that you're using with if you have a weapon. Um, X-ray uh, vision. Um, you know, you like you showed earlier, swarming insects, birds. Uh, those are kind of really really cool things to see. Uh, your raindrops, uh, weather. 
So when you're running through the streets of something and it's a realistic, or not even realistic, just any of the games now, they have raindrops on the ground uh, or even growing plants. I remember one of the, one of the first uh, tutorials you did on, on our channel was, uh, wasn't it a growing plant around a statue or something using, what was it, uh, Maya's paint effects? Yeah, you know, extruding paint effects along a curve. Yeah, that was those. I still like that. I still look back at that stuff, and I and I still think it's really cool. And there's a lot of things you can do with those kind of man. You could just anything you can imagine, you can do. It's so beautiful. And like you were saying earlier, is you, you have your realistic, and then you can also have your tuned versions of all of these effects too. If you're doing a 2D type sprite game that that looks like that. So if you can pin, pin me real quick, I'll show you some of the effects that. We were mentioning here's some of the common ones that uh, that are on a, a website they'll mention towards the end of this thing where you can actually check it out. Um, there's a real-time VFX uh, website uh, that uh, that actually some some artists at Riot Games um, uh, turned me on to uh, during this uh, for the research of this podcast. But you know a lot of these uh, effects, uh, you know meteorites hitting the ground. These are very tune-based looking as well. Um, and here's a, here's another really, really cool one where it's got the, the muzzle flashes that you see in a lot of the, the video games too. Yeah, those uh, look like uh, weapons for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and, and this particular one's cool is where you've got, you know, a character is on fire running around. It's really neat with different, and then, in, you know, you've got a different, different, um, sparks or, um, you know, kind of ethereal magic stuff. Or it's you, kind of nice the way those particles are inheriting the motion. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's it's really well done. This this is another one where you you know you have a weapon uh, across the ground where it's 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 just distorting the the earth and particles are coming off and they're they're bouncing. Uh, that's pretty cool. And then I think you mentioned blood effects. I mean, you've done some blood effects yourself, right? I have. Yeah, for uh, gosh, one of the dragon dragon games we did. Lair, for, actually. Yeah. Lair. Oh, wow, I remember Lair. That was a great game. So, you know, toxic effects. Uh, here's another one where that you have a, something disintegrating a character, almost like Blade. Um, really cool. You've got another, another one here. Um, this is uh, obviously a little different fire um, for a flamethrower. Uh, pretty cool. You can do all the different colors. Um, I'll, I'll just do a couple more just to, to show you, which I thought were pretty neat. Uh, here's another stylized uh, flame. You get your different colors. Not super realistic, but but man, much better than we used to see, right? Back in the day. Absolutely. And then this last one's really, really cool. Uh, this this tornado, very, very kind of cel-shaded, cartoony-looking uh, tornado, which is kind of a neat effect. Very All cool. Right. Yeah. Well, you cool. know, so, so, you know, that brings up, you know, how, how real-time effects are actually uh, made. Um, Let's go ahead and just cover, if that's okay with you, Sean, sure. a couple different approaches that uh, that I use, at least to make, uh, and most VFX artists, for that matter, reels use to make uh, effects with. Um, and there's so many, let me just say beforehand, there's so many ways to create an effect. Um, I'm just going to cover some of the most standard, you know, or the most standard approach that most VFX artists use. Um, but as I mentioned, the, half the fun of it is that every effect is a new challenge. And so every VFX artist might, ch you know, handle that in, in, in a little different way. Um, so basically, VFX are built inside the game engine, and uh, each game engine has an effects module or an effects editor where you can build or, or edit and or construct your, as well as visualize the effects that you're building. Um, and uh, they're based on, on what's called a particle system, which is basically a collection of uh, 
it's it, it's comprised of emitter, which basically spits out particles, uh, kind of mm. kind of like you've seen like ping pong balls, like out of a out of a hose or something like that. Uh, but you can a a apply images to those ping pong balls or those points or those particles, um, and and uh, you can layer them up to get a, a much more complex object, such as fire and uh, smoke and rain and fog and snow and fireworks and stuff like that. But um, that's basically how it works: is by by using particles, different types of particles. Um, as, and you can control the, the behavior of those particles, uh, either as a group or individually. Uh, and you just adjust things like their physical properties, uh, you know, like their position or their lifespan or uh, how fast they're going, velocity, um, mess around with physics like collision and friction and stuff like that to really kind of get your particles to, to behave and look, uh, look correct. Yeah. What, what would you say your, your, like a typical day would be for you, uh, going in, um, and, and doing your, your VFX work? What would be your average day working on a video game? What would you, what kind of is your day? Well, you know, it, it, creating any effect starts with, with, uh, reference, uh, either video reference video or reference images. And I, I kind of study those and kind of come up with, uh, you know, some some looks. Uh, I do a little, little development, a little R and D to kind of come up with different feels or different different animations uh, of an effect. That the, and, and those those uh, will, would go to a director for review and, and approval or, or re, uh, you know, kind of tweaking because a lot of times uh, effects aren't aren't great coming straight out the, out the door. So uh, they're subject to the art director's uh, critique and. Uh, that's 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 great. And then um, once we get that critique, we go back and we start to really flesh the effect out. Um, and uh, using a combination of particle systems, uh, we we use uh, images. And let, let me show you a couple of things right here that we actually uh, generate uh, as well. Um, let's see. These are called uh, basically flip books, uh, and these are things we create in Photoshop or, or any 3D program, really. And they could even be uh, footage generated from live action footage, which we do a lot of in, in uh, some of the Call of Duty work that we do. Um, so those are in sequence? Uh, yeah, these, this is not, this is not the, the, the photo reel. This is more of an anime style fire mm -hmm. sequence, and this shows the individual frames that the particle system or the sprite. Uh, which is attached to the particle system, uh, would, would cycle through uh, and kind of give the illusion of fire uh, being played. Here is uh, a more one that's a little more, uh, you know, indicative of kind of what, what we use in Call of Duty, which is actually uh, an a, a, a explosion created in uh, Houdini. And so we create what's called a sprite sheet or flipbook, which is the image sequence. And, and it, it is, these, this flipbook plays on each particle or one particle or however many particles you have in your particle system that, that your emitter is emitting uh, to kind of create that illusion of, of a fireball uh, going off. That's really impressive stuff. I, I, I know that uh, depending on which, which uh, platform you're going for, if you're going for console, PC, or, or you're actually going for mobile, those, those uh, physics can actually task um, your CPU on your phone really, really um, uh, intensely. So you, you, a lot of times what you'll have to do is a lot of tricks or um, you'll have to actually reduce the size because there, there's so many limitations on it, especially if you have older phones. Um, there's, there's the, the physics part of it, the, the, based on how many your characters you have on the screen at any given time. And then of course your visual effects, if you're using transparency, if you're not, those, those things can really hit the CPU on your, and GPU on, on the phone. Uh, so, so as far as, uh, becoming a VFX artist, uh, what kind of things do you need to know? I mean, I, I, I think you, you need to have a, a great understanding of composition, uh, color, texture, light, um, 
and then understanding that those elements work together. A lot of things you were saying, Bill, with, with reference, a lot of that is, is a real, real reference to, to get what the director or director wants to get. Um, using obviously the software engines that you mentioned earlier, like unity and unreal. Uh, I have a really cool video of unity, um, where they've, they've got a, um, a really good program there and using their high definition rendered pipeline. And this is kind of an example of some of the real time stuff that you can, you can do in it. It's uh, this particular thing is a spaceship where all the dust effects, all the lighting, the glows, uh, when the door opens, the overlay, all these are VFX that you can, you can uh, master yourself. And they've got a lot of presets. If you go to unity.com um, and, and check out it, it's uh it's one of the engines called uh, the visual effect graph, and it's you know whether it's a sci-fi hologram, you know fire-breathing dragon, and you can see the sparks here on the on the left when you're going in here. Um, this this uh, is a really oh, obviously it's a, it's a high definition render, which basically means it these the, this primarily probably wouldn't be on any of the older phones. Maybe some of the newest ones that have some of the Snapdragon CPUs, which are a fancy way of saying that they're they're some of the highest. Uh, uh, GPUs, CPUs that are on these phones that are coming um, and in, in the future as well as right now. There's only a few of them that I think that you can you can uh, get today. But this is pretty cool. Um, all the effects you're seeing here, even including the the hologram there, that's all that's all done. And you can and you can actually go to the demo and and, and download a lot of these effects and, and mess around with them in Unity yourself. And that's one of the great ways to really learn how to do game effects yourself is to download these files that already have the effects created in there and, and, and you know, generated. And you can basically reverse engineer them and kind of see how they're put together and how, how each effect and how each emitter is kind of supports the other one and how they, how they combine to make even, even you know, cooler things. Yes. Uh, Unreal. And you mentioned Unreal. I think uh, um, how much, I mean, I know that Unreal. We talked about this in a previous podcast. That some of the some of the Unreal um, VFX that you can you can. Uh, I, I just saw a video. I know I'm, I'm kind of stuttering along, but I, I got to show this video of of one of these things before you show yours. Um, okay. I'm just going to do. I'll, no, actually, you show yours first. Show yours first. To, okay, all right. So uh, this is a kind of a compilation video that uh, showing some of the the effects that can be generated through uh, Unreal, and this is a, one of their powers, you know, real strengths in the Unreal Engine is, is their ability to do some pretty sophisticated uh, effects that are, uh, you know, reactive I mean, if, in the physics world. And I think that that's a pretty powerful, uh, and you can see some of that going on here in the background, some, a pretty powerful storytelling uh, uh, element. And, uh, you know, you can go from fantastical to real, and these are some, some of the other physics-based uh, things that uh, Unreal can do, these, these chain simulations between the balls, that's, that's based on real physics, and the character can run through them and infect them, and they can infect, uh, affect him. It's, a, it's really powerful, and this Niagara uh, system, which a lot of these, this stuff that you're seeing right now is based on, is, is the particles are aware of each other, which is a really, and each system could be aware of other systems. Normally, particles are, are dumb, and they don't, you know, they, they exist, you know, in their own world, but uh, the Niagara system allows you to, like I showed it earlier in here, actually lets the light push the, the, the particles around. It's an interactive, you know, it allows you to link those up. It's very powerful. That's that that uh, that example you're showing is 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 very realistic. A lot of that is 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 I can't even believe that's real time. Here's another. If you can pin mine quickly, I I know uh, 
it'll it'll just keep playing. But I just want to show some of the. I'm take off my pin. Hold on. <laughs> okay, no problem. I'll I'll, uh, I'll restart mine. But the 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 water effects, like you mentioned earlier, um, it, it uh, it's 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 realistic. You can see the it's spreading apart when you're when you're driving by on this little boat. Um, do you have me pinned at all, or is it switching? No, you're pinned. <laughs> okay, yeah. great. Um, so I think that's Fluid Ninja that those effects there. It, it's it's uh, it's that's pretty a, impressive. That's a, that's a nice little plugin. Yeah, effects effects soft piece of software. So that's another that's another plugin that actually goes with or, and can you can plug into Unreal, right? Yeah. Wow. I, I thought this this particular thing when I was doing some research. I haven't actually seen these in any of the games that I've been playing, but uh, I think this particular one uh, they have something moving through it uh, almost and then there's even snow that actually moves out of the way I, when this little character's walking through wow look at the the, um, yeah, the displacement of the, the yeah the displacement and it's just it's going around the character while he's walking through this water looks like mud uh, wow that that's uh, that's crazy now he's pushing a block through it did you see the yeah, simulation I thought this is pretty impressive stuff to yeah, real time stuff. absolutely wow. no there's some real advances being uh Done in the, in the in the whole area of, of physics based animation, even the snow I thought was really impressive too. Look at that walking around. Yeah, that's these, a great plug-in. These are only dreams we used to have. These are dreams we used to have, being able to do this. Well, let me go ahead and show a little bit about another plugin uh, is uh, uh, called Embergen, which does some pretty nice uh, volumetric effects, very similar to what you were just showing. Uh, I'll go ahead and show that. Is that one of the ones you're using as well? Uh, we're not using it in in the studio, but a lot of a lot of places are using that. And here's some some game footage, kind of illustrating the power and, and beauty of some of that volumetric, uh, the smoke and the fire specifically. Uh, in these shots, we're done with Embergen, and it's a it's a real time fluid simulator, which offers some pretty stunning results. I mean, here's some nebulas that, that it, it forms, and this is all done in in real time. Um, you know, it's 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 very easy to use. I'll, I'll definitely say that, and, and it's it's capable of doing some pretty amazing things. And, and I think the the product is just getting better and better. Uh, you know, it's, I did it's got some. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I saw that um, I, I saw that uh, that that VFX uh, program, and you can go in there and, and and download a free copy of it and mess around with it. Um, they've got some preset stuff, and you can adjust things in real time right there on your screen. Yeah, it makes you feel like a god. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the fluid looks great. That, that's fantastic stuff you're showing. Wow, amazing stuff. But All I wanted right, well, to mention quickly yeah, the, the realtimevfx.com resource page. That's uh, really uh, a great great spot if you want to learn about uh, VFX for games. And, and they've got a lot of people up there that post. Uh, it's a pretty cool forum. Yes, and I'd like to also recommend a book by Joseph Gilland called Elemental Magic. It's called The Art of Special Effects Creation, and I think you can get it for about 50 bucks on Amazon right now. It's a, it's a great book, and, and I'd highly recommend it if you're serious about learning about creating visual effects. It's You'll be amazed uh, once you see it. Yes, and lastly, some of the... Uh, I just, just for fun, I went in on Glassdoor job listings uh, for current uh, visual effects artists, and I saw that... Uh, some of them are making between 167 and 182 K a, a year. Uh, in fact, Riot Games has had a listing for 179 to 193 uh, a, a year. So pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good uh, job, <laughs> if you ask me. That's yes, a good paying job. I'd say that, you know, the gaming and entertainment industry as a whole is constantly growing and, and evolving. And I find it personally 
uh, to be very rewarding to create beautiful and impactful VFX for, you know, not only myself, but for the lovers of, of video games themselves. So, um, well, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and, uh, hit the mailbag. It's getting, getting to be about that time. Um, sounds good. Go and take the first. Yeah. Uh, first, first. Lainey Davidson. Uh, it says, uh, I discovered the CG bros as a kid first getting into animation and it opened my eyes to a whole world of creative possibilities. Well, thanks, Lainey. That, that's fantastic. Uh, I, that's the whole point we, we created the channel for, because we want it to be this hub where everybody can come and get the inspiration they need. And, and if they're interested in getting involved with animation, VFX, or anything in CGI, that's, it's there for you guys. Absolutely. Uh, the next uh, letter we got is from Tim Larson. Uh, Tim says... Watching the CG Bros channel is a source of motivation and inspiration for me. Speaking of inspiration, Sean. <laughs> the diversity of the videos and your quality demonstrates that all the stories are good to tell. Thank you. Well, Tim, that's that that's great. You know, when we when we get notes like this, it's 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 really heartening to know that there are loyal viewers of our channel and and we we do this for you and uh, it's a love of ours, and we we just love CG and 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 putting stuff on our channel that, that really inspires. And and it, you know, a lot of times, you know, artists come to our channel to to get over their creative block, and so they can see the work of other artists as well, and kind of kind of inspire them to kind of break through that. Yeah, it's a great resource. Uh, Everett Everest Ghost um, has a comment about the short film Aurora by the Animation School. Uh, I watched this a long time ago, and years later, it still makes me cry. And now I can cry my heart out at this masterpiece it's, this is amazing i yeah aurora was fantastic great great film highly recommend everybody go check it out on the cgbros.com or the cgbros channel on youtube uh, you can actually go to our website too and it's there as well yes yeah, so we always try to stri strive to to bring good stories and, and high quality uh, animation uh to to the to our, our fans and, and the folks who like to watch our uh, watch that kind of thing that uh, tend to tune into our channel um, the next comment's from Seated Empress Nine, and uh, she's commenting about a short film of ours called Broken Rock Paper Scissors, and uh, she says we've been watching this video in school. Well, Seated Empress, that's that's really interesting. That's really great to hear. A, a, a lot of schools uh, give us their uh, provide us their videos to to show and inspire other people to get into the the business of CGI, and so uh, I'm not surprised to hear that. So uh, great, great. I'm glad they're doing that. Yep, I agree, 100%. All right, well, uh, thanks for being part of our podcast today. Uh, we enjoyed being with you and answering Alexander's question, how are VFX for games created? And we hope you learned something new, as well as had a good time doing it. And I know we covered a lot of interesting information that hopefully you hadn't known about before. And if you did enjoy it, please share it around and hit the like button. It just takes a second, and it greatly helps our channel. Uh, but more importantly than that, it helps YouTube find someone just like you who wants to stay up on the business, the art, and the craft of CGI. Uh, we'd like to know what you think of this podcast as well, so please do us a quick favor and shoot us a comment. We'd like to uh, hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're not afraid uh, of anything, so uh, we're always trying to improve the podcast, and so please, please uh, leave us a comment. There. Yes, we have really thick skins. Uh, every week we bring you a brand new edition of the CG Insider podcast, and we discuss different topics that have anything to do with uh, CGI, animation, uh, and digital VFX, as well as some other interesting related subjects that come to our attention. If you've got a subject that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. Uh, you can easily do that by jumping into uh, the website, onto our website at thecgbros.com, and click the About Us tab, and there's an Ask Us Anything uh, tab as well below that, and like Alexander did. It's as simple as that. 
Uh, be sure to also to check out other um, great inter- uh, video entertainment on the CG Bros YouTube channel. There's like uh, some of our comments today. Great inspirational masterpieces are sitting there for you. Uh, both of us are looking forward to seeing you here back next week uh, for that week's podcast. And we'll be answering another gaming related question. How is animation for video games created? Yeah, that one's in your wheelhouse. Uh, uh, that one sounds like it'll be very moving. Very moving. See you next week. You. Bye now. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how are VFX for video games created? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please give us a thumbs up. Be sure to leave a comment too, because we might share it on a future podcast and mention you by name. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free. And ring the bell, so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they, too, can enjoy the audio-only version on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast of Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Learn more about us by going to our website, thecgpros.com, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is animation for video games created? This has been episode 2201 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.